on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Extra inning game for the crew. The first pitch to Rojas. Grounder to second. Wong has it to first in time. And the Brewers win in extras on Mother's Day. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. Another win on Mother's Day for the Brewers. No team in Major League Baseball is better on Mother's Day. Their all-time Mother's Day record now 34-20 and 20 as they pick up the win today in extra innings, a 10-inning contest, 2-1. A very happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, to everybody. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. And Augie, for the team going on a six-game losing streak and things going poorly for them just a couple days ago, they're able to finish off this road trip by taking two of three from Miami, a team that took two of three from them uh, during the last homestand, and uh, they go into the off day after their 17-day gauntlet with uh, with some positive thoughts about the way things are going. Yeah, anytime you go on a road trip, you want to finish strong, and exactly what the Brewers did after losing five in a row, came back, won yesterday by scoring some runs and winning a ball game. Today, a pitcher's duel, and Brewers were bullpen, again, fantastic. We were able to outlast the, the Miami Marlins, came back with uh, extra innings. They're now 4-1 and one in extra innings, and even more important, they, they go back, come back, and win a series. They've only lost one series on the road. They're 5-1 and one on series on the road. A big game today gets them going back home, playing, a, again, a division rival in the cards on Tuesday. Puts them in a positive mode, and a big win for the Brewers. With the off day coming up tomorrow, the team was able to uh, utilize the bullpen in a way that they could use guys that pitched yesterday. They did that with their three high leverage guys in Fire Ice and Williams and Hayter. Fire Ice does give up a run for the first time this year. Just, uh, just blowing his ERA all the way up to uh, to point five three is Fire Eisen's uh, current ERA. So that will still uh, that will still play all right. But Augie, we, we we've talked so much about how the schedule can really impact things and when the Brewers had all those off days in the first month of the season they were able to do things one way and then they had to do things a little bit differently during this 17 day stretch now with the off day tomorrow they were able to pitch all these guys on uh, back to back days they were able to pitch them yesterday knowing that they would be able to use them today because of the off day tomorrow so uh, it just it goes to show you how valuable those off days can be for any team because it, it gives your manager a little bit more leeway in what they want to be able to do. Yeah, and you can man, you can maneuver around that off day, and you know what you have coming in today. You had a full uh, bullpen. You knew who you could use. Yes, you did use and Williams and Hader yesterday, but they didn't throw a lot of pitches. But you know, in getting Anderson back, I thought that was huge. Getting back, even though he went three innings, he he set the tone of the game and really threw the ball very well today. And then you hand it over to the guys that have done well. Boxberger, you look at what he's done. He's got eight. Uh, eight appearances in a row without giving up a runs. But I thought the real key today in this pitching staff was Eric Lauer coming out of the bullpen in that in that fifth and sixth inning and uh, not giving up any runs, keeping everything at bay. And I thought that was a re- real key part into in this game of him coming in, throwing the two innings, and then being able to give it off to Fire Ryzen, Williams, and, and Hayter, although they got the home run off of Fire Ryzen. I thought that was a big key in the game today. 
Anderson was clearly on a pitch count when manager Craig Council spoke with the media prior to the game. He he didn't give the exact number that the pitch count was going to be at today for Anderson, but he did say that they were going to be uh, watching him. I think it was pretty clear that it was around 50 because the bullpen was uh, up and going when he was pitching there in the third inning, and he ends up finishing with 52 pitches. I feel like a dope during the pregame show. I said maybe 85 pitches, so I was uh, I was way off on that. But uh, nobody knew for sure what the pitch count was for Anderson. They have him go out there. He throws uh, 52 pitches, three shutout innings, gives up a couple hits, one walk, strikes out three, and then the bullpen today just doing a fantastic job. And like Augie alluded to, you get two innings out of Eric Lauer, two really important innings out of uh, Lauer, and then everybody else went one inning, and you were just able to, once again, really use the, the bullpen very liberally because of the off day tomorrow. From an offensive standpoint, it was a quiet day again, and the Brewers are, are still looking to try to get that offense going a little bit. They score the two runs on, on seven hits. They get a home run from Daniel Vogelback, just a laser of a home run uh, there in the fourth inning after uh, Lewis Brinson hits a home run for the Marlins uh, in the seventh inning. The Brewers are able to push across a run in the, uh, in the tenth inning, and then uh, they're able to hold serve there in the bottom of the tenth. Augie, it's really um, – if you've got a bunch of guys who can – get strikeouts you are so much better suited for um for extra inning games i was just thinking about that when drew rasmussen came in because uh, most teams a lot of teams when you're talking about the high leverage guys they've got guys who can who can record strikeouts and the brewers are just the same with that with fire ice and williams and hater but a lot of times like today you're going to extra innings and those high leverage guys are not available, so you're kind of going to that next group of bullpen pitcher. And if that next group that you have is a group that there's some there's some guys in there that can throw hard and can throw and can get some swings and misses, it really sets you up well for uh, for extra innings. And I think we saw that with with Rasmussen to a certain extent. That first out is oh so important uh, in the in the uh, in the tenth inning, and that's. Um, that's what he was able to. Uh, I guess Aguilar flew out, but you get the uh, you get the point of what I'm saying. I mean, look, you, you get the you get the strikeout guys, and that that's what really can help propel you to wins and extra innings. Well, and you have to like the way Drew Rasmussen has been throwing the ball. I think one thing when you talked about the Brewers, and we talked about this a lot yesterday, is getting these guys in. There's never a learning curve when you get to the big leagues. It doesn't stop. It continues to grow. And that's what it's done for Drew Rasmussen. You see Craig using him in situations where they're a little bit more intense, a little bit high leverage situations. And I think it's really paying off for him because he's trying to, he's understanding now that, you know what, I can't just pitch with my fastball. I have to command that breaking ball. And today that breaking ball played big for Drew. But I, I think the way they set it up perfectly, they didn't have Suter today, who's on bereavement but they had Lauer come in. That was a key because then you could save Rasmussen later in the ball game. And congratulations to his first major league save. Threw the ball very well. Made some big pitches when he had to. Diaz with that breaking ball on a 3-2 pitch. Struck him yeah. out at the end. When he, he gets, he look, you look up what he does. Comes up a good fastball hitter. Throws that good breaking ball down. That's confidence. Those are the things you need to have from your bullpen late in the ball game. And like you said, it's having those guys that are big strikeout style guys that have that good velocity that can also blend in their secondary pitches that makes you pretty successful and uh, the Brewers are, are sitting real nice with what they have in the bullpen right now 
Yeah, and it was an Isan Diaz strikeout for the first out there in the 10th inning, so I was right the first time, and then it was Aguilar who recorded the second out there in the 10th. But that strikeout, when that runner is on its second to begin the inning, to get the strikeout on the first out, that is the number one key to having success in these extra inning games, and that's what uh, Rasmussen was able to do today. We are with you till 5 o'clock. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, the phone number 855 1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The Brewers get a 10-inning 2-1 win in Miami. They take two of three in the weekend series leading into tomorrow's off day. We've got the news in two minutes, and then we'll be back with much, much more after that. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Three balls and two strikes on Dickerson. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Back goes flying out of the hands of Dickerson. Maley will pick up the ball and tag Dickerson. Didn't matter anyway. And the inning is over. Brewers get the win in Miami. Ten innings, 2-1. Take two of three in the series. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. All right, let's start to really kind of dive into some of the things that happen. And Augie, it, any team that had the injuries that the Brewers had, it's going to be really, really tough to kind of survive those. And they did as good of a job as they could. You don't have to get everybody back, but when you can start getting a few guys back, it feels like it makes all the difference in the world. They got Manny Pena back yesterday. They get Brett Anderson back uh, today. Omar Nervaez should be back at some point this week. Corbin Burns is going to throw a bullpen session tomorrow at American Family Field, and then he is going to um, and he's going to go back into the rotation at some point this upcoming week. Probably we'll see him uh, in the Atlanta series of not the final game of the St. Louis series. There's certainly a possibility he could pitch on Thursday against St. Louis, but probably Thursday, Friday, Saturday is when we'll see Burns with him throwing a, a bullpen on Monday, assuming that all things go well. It You don't have to have Christian Yelich back for things to start feeling better. It just seems like as these guys are getting healthy, this, this team's going to play better because of it. Well, it's not only getting guys back, it's to get them back in playing shape. And, you know, we saw that this afternoon with, with Brett Anderson. and We knew he was going to be on a pitch count. They, Craig had said he was going to pitch count. What kind of pitch count were they going to use? I think anytime you're coming off a leg injury with a pitcher, you want to be overly cautious. And I thought putting him in that those three innings where he threw the ball real well uh, didn't seem to have any lasting effects of what he had with his, with his uh, pulled muscle. And then you get him out of game because your bullpen, you have that off day like we talked earlier and you can utilize the bullpen but you know it's getting guys not only back but getting them in, in back in that playing shape Manny Pena getting behind the plate we saw how Craig used them late, late in the ball game just the guys who were pitchers have confidence he's got a good idea and he really he maneuvered Rasmussen very well calling some pretty good sequence of pitches but then you're getting Lorenzo Kane back and getting these guys in playing shape that's what you need you need guys back and getting them healthy yes they don't have Christian yet back yet and that's that's a that's a big 
big issue. And Corbin Burns hopefully will throw again on Monday and feel real good and be able to get back in a rotation uh, as, late, as early as Thursday or next weekend. But getting those guys, I think you would agree with me, Matt. It's not only getting these guys back, but getting them in that game, sh- game shape where you're playing every day and you're, you're seeing pitches every day and being able to, to play up to your potential and feel comfortable in the game. Yeah, and yeah, you talk about Lorenzo Kane, and, and I feel bad sometimes for uh, for the people who run the Brewers' uh, social media because of the responses they get to some of the tweets and things they send out. I was looking at the responses today when the Brewers' uh, social media account sent out the lineup for today, and a lot of people were unhappy with some of the players who weren't playing, and Lorenzo Kane was one of those guys who was not in the starting lineup. But at the same time, I think look, – they're going from the 60-game season to the 162-game season. The Brewers have more injuries than just about anybody in baseball, but don't let that um, overshadow the fact that injuries in Major League Baseball this year are are all over the place, and so many teams are dealing with injuries. And when we went into the season, we thought it was going to be maybe that way when it came to pitching, and it would be that way when it came to pitching later on in the season uh, as, as all of a sudden there's a little bit more wear and tear on the arms. But for whatever reason, Reason, it is the injury issue has not lent itself to only pitching. There are a ton of injuries right now in Major League Baseball, and getting you know a guy like Lorenzo Cain, who did not, who basically did not play last year and has been injured this year. If you want him to be healthy down the stretch of the season, giving him days off like today, the the day game after the night game, those are the kind of things that you need to do. And I think when people are being critical of the starting lineup, they're either not considering that or not caring about that or whatever it might be. But this year, more than any other year, Augie, it feels like part of the job of the manager is not just to go out and put his team in position to win that day, but it's also to do things throughout the course of the year to keep the team as healthy as possible as the year goes along. Well, I think what happened last year in 2000 and 2020 plays huge in what they do this year. You know, Lorenzo Cain, yes, he did not play last year. And there were a lot of guys in the big leagues that did not, uh, that opted out and didn't want to, didn't play last year but it's it's a transi- transition from what you happened last year you went to you went the season was over you had the off season you went to spring training you had about five weeks of spring training then you had what was equal to another off season and then you had a short short training period and going in games to play a short season there and then go to another off season coming into 1000, 2021 as playing we're going to be a full season so I think you really have to sit back and 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 really plan for that to happen, that this is going to be unusual. We're going to have to use players in a different way. And I, I thought they played Lorenzo Cain two days in a row. They got him a good eight at-bats that he needed. And then you give him a day off, not only because you just want to give him a day off, it's because, oh, I have Monday off too as an off day. Now he gets two full days off. He'll be ready to go against St. Louis. And you're going to see some of these players coming off the D, coming off the IL that are going to be utilized that way. Manny Pena wasn't in the game today. He was in there yesterday. What does he do he's safe for late in the ball game these are guys that you want to get back in playing shape but yet at the same time you don't want to exhaust them and where you play them on a consistent basis five and six and seven days in a row and 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 possibly cause another injury you want to make sure they're healthy and i think when you come off a year like you did last year you have to be just a little little cautious a little over cautious with your players 
Two to one, the final score. Brewers knock off Miami. They take the series two out of three going into an off day. They finish this 17-day stretch of uh, days without an off day. Uh, one game under 500. You'd like to be a little bit better than that, but considering everything that happened during that uh, period with all the injuries, uh, dealing with a six-game losing streak in the middle of that, to finish just one game under 500, it certainly could have been much, much, much worse. Brewers get the win in Miami, 2-1 if you want to Join us. You can do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We're back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Yeah, it's interesting to go back and look at those Marlins trades from that offseason. The Brewers were involved in a big one. Vogelback rips this one down the right field line, and it is up and out of here. Just inside the foul pole for Daniel Vogelback. Brewers a 2-1 win in Miami. They take the series two out of three, go into an off day tomorrow, and then they're back home for six in a row. They'll play St. Louis Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. St. Louis playing some really good baseball right now, and then they'll welcome in Atlanta for a weekend series coming up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll grab our first phone call call of the program. Nate is in Elkhorn. Hey, Nate, thanks for calling. You're in WTMJ. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I was talking to your screener, too. I guess at, at this point, it's not really so much about the injuries. Um, as long as you can keep winning series, you know, you take uh, three out of four against the Dodgers. Obviously, nobody saw that uh, sweep against the Phillies, but um, yeah, just keep winning series, and that's what it's all about. You know, you got you got guys that are stepping up. Nottingham coming back from the Mariners. What what's he do? He cranks a home run. You know, first at bat or whatever it was. And as long as we can keep keep winning series, that's the most important thing. Yeah, Nate, I, I I agree with you. I think I would even take that one step further. Like nobody wants to see the team go get swept against Miami in a four game series. Clearly. But if you're going to get swept in a four-game series, go get swept by Philadelphia. Go get swept by Miami. Go get swept by the Braves. Go get swept by uh, a team in the West. Don't don't get swept in a four-game series by a divisional opponent. Not that getting a swept in a four-game series is ever good. That's not what I'm saying. But what's keeping the Brewers uh, even more than treading water at this point is not just that they've won so many series. It's that they've won so many series against divisional opponents. Already three series wins against against the Cubs. They already have a series win against the Cardinals as well. So if they're going to go through some low periods, I would say go through those low periods against teams from either the NL East or the uh, the NL West or when you're playing interleague series. Don't do that uh, against your, your divisional opponents. And Augie, when it comes to the injuries, like I don't like talking about injuries because it feels like you're making an excuse. And more often than not, um, it, it's more of a just kind of a sidebar uh, that when, when we talk about injuries, I think the reason we've spent so much time on it this year is because of the ridiculous number of injuries that have existed. Like it's, it's gone from, you know, we, we, whenever we talk about injuries, one of the things we always say is that, you know what, every team deals with it. Well, you know what, every team's not dealing with the number of injuries that the Brewers have had this year to really key core players, both from a sheer number standpoint and from an expected production standpoint. So I'm a little 
little bit more comfortable this year discussing injuries and the impact they're having on the team because, quite simply, I think it, they're, they're, I think it's more than what just most teams generally experience. Yeah, and you know, in baseball today, everybody understands after after what happened last year, and I hate to revert back, but it has it's such an effect on what's going on this year. You're you're talking about a a, a time where you have off season, then you go to spring training, off season, you go to go to have a short season, then you're in the off season again, and and the preparation you use, and I'm sure the guys go out and all your professional ball players and guys in in that have that opportunity to play on a professional level go out and they work extremely hard but there's nothing like game activity and game activity changes things the way you go about it the intensity and what you have to do and I, I kind of anticipated coming in that there was there was going to be an influx of injuries little little injuries hopefully not big injuries and and there have been and I thought that was because of the shortened seasons and the pandemic and what has happened how everybody has had to had to change their lifestyles because of it but these things do happen and I think that's one thing that you have to compliment the brewer culture for and what Craig and, and David Stearns and Matt Arnold have tried to do here is that when someone gets hurt or there's people there's injuries that gives another person an opportunity and that's why you see in spring training a lot of guys like a Tyrone Taylor and and the Drew Rasmussen and get, getting a lot of looks saying that you know what these guys are good enough now that they can help us we're going to give them the opportunity and you look at they've done they've done exactly that so you have injuries but it's an opportunity for younger players in your organization to step up and a lot of organizations have had to do that the brewers as have done have have had to do that as well I mean, you can even talk about Vogelbach they didn't know where he was going to be when the DH wasn't there he stepped in and 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 he has really done a nice job for him he's hitting a couple big base hits he's playing really good at first he's swinging the bat he gives you good at bats and then you got the guys like Tyrone Taylor and Drew Rasmussen and and Boxberger have really and and Fire really who have really bounced up and helped this ball club so injuries were going to happen small injuries are happening long as there's nothing too much uh too heavy and going to cost people seasons but you're going to have those injuries and to make up for it you have to and that's exactly what the brewers are doing at field pigeon tweeting into the program Luis Arias's play has to be the quiet surprise of the first month of baseball one of the best short stops in the national league statistically I think that's a really good point, and I'll be, I wasn't sure what the team was going to get from uh, Urias. Obviously, they saw something in him. We had not seen much. He came up more in the style of a, of a second baseman than a shortstop. That was kind of the book on him that I had heard prior to. We saw him make just a spectacular play defensively today. He's been swinging a nice bat. It's obviously still a small sample size, and this is one of his first extended opportunities that he has received at the major league level in his career, but this organization absolutely believed in him that had something to do with them making the decision to move on from Orlando Arcia and I got to be honest doggy I have been really pleasantly surprised by the production both offensively and defensively that the club has gotten from Arias I I agree with you I you know he's been very impressive and it just seems like as he's going along he's getting that that confidence when he came to the league, they said, said he could hit with some power, and that he's he's the kind of guy that you know you know I don't know if he's a twenty home run guy, but he's kind of guy who's going to hit some home runs, hit for power, and swing the bat swing the bat pretty well in the field. They talked about his strong arm, how if he gets the ball, he's he can come up and throw guys out from different positions. He showed that today on that great play that he made. But I think it, what he's what we've really seen out of him, Matt, in the last month is starting to get that what they call major league confidence that he knows. 
he belongs there, that he he can make the plays. He knows what he understands, where he has to position himself, that if he gets the ball, he knows what he has to do. He has that confidence saying that ball hit to me. I know where I'm going to, I have to go, what I have to do. And at the plate, I, I've been more than impressed with him. The at-bats he has. Yes, he does strike out once in a while. Yes, he doesn't put the ball in play, but he gives you good at-bats and he's come up with some huge hits for this ball club. So I think he's starting to get it to that, what they call majorly confidence in getting a little bit more relaxed and it's really paying off for this Brewer Baseball Club. They pick up the win in Miami today, 2-1, as they win two of three from the Marlins, end up splitting the season series against Miami after losing two of three at home during the last homestand. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or you can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the win over the Marlins. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley. 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him with the changeup. And Boxberger works his scoreless bottom of the fourth. Couple of strikeouts in there for the right-hander as well. Brewers get the 10-inning win. 2-1 over the Marlins. Take two of three in the weekend series. Welcome back into the program with former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Doug in Baraboo texting into the program asking uh, what we think will be the starting pitching lineup for the Brewers starting on Tuesday. I think what he's saying there is the what the rotation is going to, uh, to look like. Uh, Brewers have already announced that the first two games of the St. Louis series will be pitched by Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff respectively. They've put a TBA in there for Thursday with uh, with Corbin Burns throwing a bullpen session tomorrow at American Family Field. I would expect Burns to be the guy on Thursday, but if for some reason uh, they don't they don't want Burns in that spot. They want to push him back a day or two. Uh, you then have Adrian Hauser and Brett Anderson as the next two guys. So you could, with an off day tomorrow, you could put Hauser in on Thursday um, and then put Burns in after that. Or you could put Hauser in on Thursday and then go with Brett Anderson on Friday and push Burns all the way back to Saturday. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but Augie, I think most importantly here is the Brewers are now going into a period where they've got an off day tomorrow. They have an off day a week from tomorrow and they have an off day a week from Thursday so they've got three off days over the course of the next 10 days so I don't know if they're going to feel like that they have to go to a six-man rotation where an Eric Lauer would get a start there'd be another bullpen game Josh Lindblom has been uh, rehabbing at AAA seems good to go where you would bring him up for a start uh, it seems like to me they're in a position right now with these off days that maybe they can go back to running things the way they did really the first month of the season. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I, I think when you look at the rotation, you do have the, the opportunity of doing things with Burns just to see how he feels. If he needs a little bit more time, he may want to have another bullpen session just to see how he does. You can have that opportunity to do it. But it also gives you time when you have the off days in the situation that the Brewers have up is to mend those injuries, is get some rest for your regular players, but at the same time, mend the injuries on the guys that do that do have injuries. And, you know, we got you got Narvaez coming back. And we got to get these guys back in lamp and you have to do that extra work that you need with these off days you allow these guys to get some 
playing time and yet get the off days to get the rest like we talked earlier about Lorenzo Cain of playing him two days in a row and then having two days off to be fresh for the St. Louis Cardinals so I think it's a good time for the Brewers right now I think they're starting to get healthy again this team needs to be healthy they need everybody playing and you know if, if you look we even way back to spring training I don't think we have gone a period of four or five games in a row or days in a row where you've had everybody healthy where you could you have that lineup set the way you want it so I think they're starting to get healthy and get in that direction and I think that's so important for this ball club back to the phones Adam and Hartland he has joined us on WTMJ go ahead Adam hey thanks for taking my call my question is for Mr. Augustine um, I just got a quick question about Corbin Burns when he comes back when when you were when he's pitching that exceptional over that period of time when he returns what does he need to do because it's not like just playing well he was playing exceptional so to get to that level I mean what is it that he needs to do um, you know to not get outside the box and maybe does it, does it just throw strikes or how does he get back to that to that you know peak where he was you know a, a couple weeks ago Oh, I think you keep the same. Uh, that's a great question, Adam. I think it's you keep him to the same mindset that he's always been. I think he went into spring training understanding what he had to do. And I don't think that leaves you. But it's being able to get that comfort level. I think, Adam, when you talk about a pitcher coming off of missing several starts is how do you feel? How, how can you get to that comfort level where you feel you can command the pitches that you need to do? And I think sometimes when you come off, you really talk about not so much as is this a perfect sequence or is this a perfect pitch it's about locating your pitches executing them whatever you put down whatever your game plan is you think more so not about velocity not about the spin on the ball you think about executing that pitch and locating it where you need to and then all of a sudden you get to that comfort level when you get to the comfort level then you just open up your mind and you let it go and I, I'm sure that's what Corbin is he's been through it when he went through struggled through the year where he had the high ERA came back and last year was just fantastic he understood Understands that, and that's going to be a uh, a big part of him bouncing back after a little the time he's been out, being able to go out and execute pitches rather than saying I'm going to go six innings or I'm going to go five innings or I'm going to go seven innings, whatever it may be. Execute each pitch uh, on each hitter and take it as long as you can. We'll get one more uh, tweet in here before we take a break. Uh, ben tweets in, says, I get that Tyrone Taylor has earned his playing time and that they're bringing Lorenzo Cain back slowly, but given that Jackie Bradley Jr. and Aviseo Garcia are not playing every day, getting rest days with days off upcoming, should we take that as a sign that Yelly will be out long term? I don't think they're connected to each other, to be honest with you, Ben. I do think Yelich is going to be out for a while. I have no no inside information on that. But just after what happened the last time where they brought him back and it didn't work, quite, and again, I've said this a bunch of times, I hope I'm wrong on what I'm about to say, but quite honestly, I don't expect to see him in the month of May. I think it's going to be a little while. But at the same time, I don't think that's connected to the days off that they're giving to these outfielders. Augie, I think they've got a bunch of outfielders who are performing at a when you got guys like Avisail Garcia and Tyrone Taylor you got guys who are performing at a pretty high level when you're talking about Lorenzo Cain and Jackie Bradley Jr. you're talking about guys who you expect to perform at, at a pretty high level and going into the year they were going to kind of do a four-man weave anyways when Yelich was part of the equation I think they're just sort of doing the same thing where guys are going to get days off and and hopefully more than anything else that pays out dividends in terms of health as the season goes along. 
Yeah, I think when you talk about Yelly, I think they just want to make absolutely sure that Yelly's 100%. And uh, they've waited this far, and they are they are outfield rich when you talk about this ball club right now and this organization. So what they're going to do is they're going to make sure Yelly is is 100%. And I, I, I think he's going to be out for a little bit of time because they are going to make sure that he is absolutely ready. Even though he gets healthy, it's going to take him a little bit of time, and he's going to need some at-bats. But you look at this outfield, what they got now. You add uh, Tyrone Taylor in there. You add McKinney in there and you got Bradley Jr. and, and Lorenzo Kane and Garcia. That's a really good outfield and you have guys executing and doing well. You have Tyrone Taylor with the big hit today and McKinney's come up with some big at-bats and you got Jr. who's been playing well as an outstanding outfielder and we all know what Lorenzo Kane and, and obviously El Garcia can do. So I think what they're going to do is it's just a matter of going through the same types of rotation they had planned from the beginning of the year with these guys, getting the guys in a position where they can be successful in a game. And then when Yelly comes back, they'll make any adjustments they have to. Brewers get the win 2-1 in Miami. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hear the postgame thoughts of manager Craig Council. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling. Fire Eisen, the pitch. Ground ball back up the middle. Glove behind the bag by Urias, and the throw to first is in time. What a play by Luis Urias. The Brewers shortstop taking a hit away from Sandy Leone. 2-1. Brewers get the win in Miami. They take two of three from uh, the Marlins, winning those uh, two of three after being on a six-game losing streak. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Manager Craig Council uh, met with the media just a little while ago, and uh, as he opened up his thoughts, he talked about, uh, he was asked about really the impact of young players. You think about some big hits in this game, uh, a Tyrone Taylor coming up with a huge hit. You think about Drew Rasmus and what he was able to do getting his uh, first career uh, uh, professional save a lot of uh, young players that contributed to this one win today yeah and then those two guys have been doing a really nice job um so it was uh it was a good team win a lot of guys did some good things for sure um pit, we pitched exceptionally well again and, and Rass comes in and you know he started to get some the dodger series you got those those big outs in the dodger series and and then so that it was not a kind of unexpected situation for him and he's been it before and he, he pitched great. He did a great job. And Drew's kind of that guy too, where with his velocity and everything where he might, you know, maybe someday profile as a, as a back of the bullpen kind of guy, right? Maybe future closer if all goes right. Yeah. But today it was a slider that did the job today. So the big velocity and, and the slider to, to Diaz, the slider to, to Rojas um, is, is what got him out of those innings. So he made, he made a first pitch strike to uh, Diaz with a slider. So there was a slider today. Um, you know, he relies on that fastball, but the slider today is what, what uh, got him through the inning. Craig, what about um, the at-bats that you guys had against Alcantara? Um, obviously he's, not easy to face again. Yeah, I mean, he, he pitched really well. Um, his his changeup is is a really challenging pitch. Um, a changeup to the lefties and a, the, the ninety eight mile an hour running fastball to the righties. So he's a tough starter. Um, you know, we we you know we didn't capitalize on the rally that we had. Unfortunately, um, Bogey obviously at the homer, but we didn't we didn't get anything from the, the the chance that we had um but he's good i mean that the changeup was just located so well for most of the game he just didn't give us any of those changeups to hit he put it kept 
put in at the bottom of the zone and you know guys would have at bats and they'd throw multiple changeups would never get one to hit really so um and, and it's a 92 mile an hour changeup Craig, the ball seems to sound a little bit different off the bat in that ballpark for whatever reason. What did the Vogelbach's homer sound like there in the fourth inning? That thing was smoke. Yeah, I mean, this is a big park. Um, you, you have to really earn your home runs here. There's no cheapies here. So it was, it was smoked. It was, it was kind of a line drive. The ball we really haven't seen Vogel hit, hit this year is kind of right down the line in the air. So uh, he just he got out in front of a fastball and put a great swing on it. Craig, you talk all the time about just stacking up series wins and you were able to win three out of five in this long stretch. Does that set you up pretty well considering everything you guys had to go through? Yeah, I'm just, you're, you're happy with the group of how we responded after, um, you know, a tough little stretch and to finish the stretch in a positive way um, with a couple of good games and a lot of people doing good stuff um, is promising. We're we're getting healthier, and um, uh, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll get some players back this week, also. So that, that's a good that's a good thing. Um, but just to get these two games, tough, hard fought game today is is a, is a big deal going into a day off. It was kind of a good first step back for two uh, for Brett today, wasn't it? You know, like three ish innings, fifty pitches or so. Yeah, that's that's. I couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, I, th- I thought he was really sharp. The first couple, I thought he was sharp. You know, the walks of the pitcher probably got him upset. But other, other than that, I thought he was really sharp. That stuff was crisp. Um, and just didn't want to let him get tired, really. Just wanted to make sure he did the did what he could and he can build on it. Hey, Craig. Sorry, Todd. Uh, Tyrone Taylor. Uh, it seems like he's doing a really good job of fighting off pitches or going the other way straight away sometimes. He had kind of a consistent road trip for you. I feel like he kind of did despite maybe not having as many hits. Tyrone's doing a good job in general. I think um, the Alcantara matchups, like I said, that's a tough matchup for the right-handed hitters. It's it's uh, not one you're you're looking, you know, that, that fastball running in on, any, on their hands at that velocity is just so challenging to lay off. Um, but when he, Tyrone gets pitches to hit, he hits them hard. I think that's what that's what he's starting to show is that you put a give him a pitch to hit, it's going to get hit hard, and that's what he did today. And um, gave us a chance in the in the eighth against Floro, and then came up with a huge hit, two out hit. Craig, did you feel like those pickoffs by Anderson and Lauer in the game were maybe a little bit underappreciated the way the game ended up? Uh, you know, close run one game like that. Any any little uh, advantage you can get in that category is good, isn't it? Yeah, I thought I thought Lowers was was really big actually. Um that 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 was the good one. I mean, it's they got the top of their lineup coming up right there and uh, you know, he gets the pitcher out, the uh, next guy gets on and it's 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 still an inning there um with with Cooper and Dickerson and um those guys coming up. So that one was big. Um I I think that was huge and it did a lot lot to get um Eric comfortable, and then he, then he cruised. He had two good innings for us. Kind of solidified the middle of the game. That's Manager Craig Council speaking just a few moments ago. A text into the text line from Pete in Bayview. 
Brewers win despite their incompetent manager. Not having your hottest hitter in the lineup twice in three days is ridiculous. How are you going to get them going? Garcia has four hits Thursday and sits Friday. Three more hits Saturday, sits Sunday. He always do this. He always does this. One an off day from council. Get three or four hits and you will sit. He randomly pulls his batting orders out of a hat. Light hitting shortstop Luis Urias should never hit fifth. Sub 200 hitters batting second. Babying, babying Hader and Williams and going a week or more not pitching them. He is so set in his ways and it hurts this team. Uh, Pete, I couldn't disagree with you much more about Craig Council. I will say the the one, the, what you led with uh, of Isaiah Garcia not being in the lineup as much lately, I don't love that. That's the, from a from a lineup construction standpoint and who you're playing. Uh, I I would like to see Garcia in there a little bit more. I don't know if he's a little bit banged up. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, from a if he's 100 percent, the I guess the the one thing I would say is that I'd like to see Garcia in there a little bit more. I think you're off base on a lot of the other things that you say. Uh, I promise you he does not pull his batting order out of a hat. There is no organization that more deeply looks at every single baseball decision than they make uh, than the Brewers. Uh, I think you're not paying attention. I know Luis Urias uh, had an O for today today, but I don't think you're looking at what he has done recently. He has been one of the best hitters uh, for the team. Uh, if, if you're losing a bunch of games... And you're never in the lead, and games are not over. Like not having Hader and Williams pitch for a week in the type of games they were playing. Okay, I'm not. I'm not upset about that because the moment you make that decision to pitch one of those guys in a day where uh, they're not really needed, that's going to be the moment where you have a one-run lead going to the eighth inning each of the next three days, and all of a sudden you're going to be forced into a situation where you can't use them. So I have no problem with that. Now it got to a point. There is there there is obviously a very specific amount of time where they haven't pitched in so long. You just you have to get them into a game. You can't have them sit that long. Uh, and they got to that point before they were used uh, most recently, and that was uh, that was yesterday. Uh, but I don't. Uh, I have no problem with the way he is using uh, Hader and Williams. So appreciate the text message. Appreciate you listening. I disagree with a lot of what you said, but uh, appreciate you being tuned in. 855-616-1620, It's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 2-1, Brewers get the win in Miami. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll do that next here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. A 2-1, 10-inning win over the Marlins for the Brewers. Pitching matchup, Brett Anderson coming off the injury list to make the start. Sandy Alcantara getting the start for the Marlins. It would be scoreless through the first three innings. Anderson was on a pitch count in the bottom of the third inning. He would walk on four pitches. Sandy Alcantara, his counterpart, so that kind of get your spidey senses up a little bit about how Anderson's going. Then Miguel Rojas would line out, Garrett Cooper would pop out, and that would bring up Corey Dickerson. Three balls and two strikes on Dickerson. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Bat goes flying out of the hands of Dickerson. Haley will pick up the ball and tag Dickerson. Didn't matter anyway. And the inning is over. That would be it for Anderson. Three innings, two hits, three strikeouts, one walk. Brewers would take the lead in the top of the fourth inning thanks to Daniel Vogelback leading off. 
Yeah, it's interesting to go back and look at those Marlins trades from that offseason. The Brewers were involved in a big one. Vogelback rips this one down the right field line, and it is up and out of here. Just inside the foul pole for Daniel Vogelback. Yeah, that thing came off the bat at like 117 miles per hour. I think I saw it was the hardest hit ball this year by a Brewer. It just cleared the wall. It was a line drive, and it gives the Brewers a 1-0 lead. Looked like they would do more in the fourth inning. They would get a hit from uh, Travis Shaw. He would move to second on an air. Jackie Bradley Jr. has a hit in the inning. Uh, a walk to Billy McKinney intentionally loads the bases. Luke Maley would come up to the plate with the bases loaded. He would fly out, and that would end it with the score 1-0. Brad Boxberger would come on to pitch the fourth inning for the Brewers, and uh, he would put together a pretty solid inning. He would give up a hit by Brian Anderson and Lewis Brinson, so two on for the Marlins. I always talk about when you take the lead, putting up a zero that next half inning, that's exactly what the Brewers were able to do as Boxberger was able to get Sandy Leone. 3-2 pitch, swing and a miss. He got him with a changeup, and Boxberger works his scoreless bottom of the fourth. Couple of strikeouts in there for the right-hander as well. So it stays a 1-0 game. Eric Lauer throws a couple scoreless innings. Then J.P. Fireisen, who had not given up an earned run all season long, he comes on to pitch the seventh inning. First battery faces former Brewer Lewis Brinson. 1-1 pitch. That's hit pretty well. Deep center field. Racing back is Bradley. Looks up, and it is gone. And for the first time this year, J.P. Fireisen has given up an earned run. Brinson is 3-for-3 three three on the day, a solo shot, and we're tied at one. Isan Diaz would then strike out. That would bring up Sandy Leone. Fireisen, the pitch. Ground ball back up the middle. Glove behind the bag by Urias, and the throw to first is in time. What a play by Luis Urias. The Brewers shortstop taking a hit away from Sandy Leone. Spectacular, spectacular play by Arias, and it remains a 1-1 game. Dylan Floro would come on to pitch the top of the eighth inning. The Brewers would get a couple on, but Jackie Bradley Jr. would fly out, and it was a 1-1 game going to the bottom of the eighth inning when Devin Williams comes on, and he gets a couple strikeouts. So to the ninth we go. Yimi Garcia, he puts up a zero in the top of the ninth. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Josh Hader comes on, gets Adam Duvall to ground out, Brian Anderson to strike out, and it brings up once again Lewis Brinson. It's a 1-1 game right now. 1-2 pitch. Struck him out with a slider. Blocked by Mele. Brinson is tagged out, and the inning is over. To extra innings we go. Top of the 10th inning, new pitcher for the Marlins, Anthony Bass. First batter he uh, faces uh, is Avisail Garcia, who comes up as a pinch hitter. He ends up grounding out. Then Colton Wong strikes out. So quickly, two outs in the inning. Again, it's extra inning, so you got that runner on at second base to get the inning going, and that runner does not move. Uh, Pablo Reyes was that runner, by the way. He came in as a pinch runner. He doesn't move through the first two outs. They then intentionally walk Daniel Vogelback in front of Tyrone Taylor. Big opportunity for him right here. Extra innings on Mother's Day. The pitch, and Taylor rips this into left center field. That's down. It's going to two-hop the glove of Dickerson out there. He holds on to the baseball. Rez will score, and the Brewers have taken a 2-1 to lead. 
So two to one going to the bottom of the tenth inning. New pitcher into the game is Drew Rasmussen, and the first batter that he faces is Isan Diaz. Diaz strikes out so big to get a strikeout on that first batter in extra innings when you've got that runner on its second. So Diaz strikes out. That brings up another former Brewer in Jesus Aguilar. Aguilar flies out, so two outs in the inning. John Birdie then comes to the plate. Birdie's able to draw the walk. So two on, two out in a one-run game in the bottom of the 10th inning for Miguel Rojas. Extra inning game for the crew. The first pitch to Rojas. Grounder to second. Wong has it to first in time. And the Brewers win in extras on Mother's Day. With the win, the Brewers go to 19 and 16. The Marlins drop to 15 and 18, winning totals for the crew. Two runs, seven hits, no errors. They leave nine for Miami. One run, six hits, two errors. They leave seven. The winning pitcher is Josh Hader. He's three and zero. As Anthony Bass takes the loss to drop to one and three. Drew Rasmussen the save, his first pro save, not just first major league save, first pro save. Last time he got a save was when he was uh, pitching in college. Home run, Daniel Vogelback for the Brewers. He hits his third. Lewis Brinson hit his second for the Marlins. Three hours and 15 minutes played in front of 5,105 folks at Lone Depot Park. We'll preview the St. Louis series, which is set to begin on Tuesday. We'll do that next as we wrap up Brewers Extra Innings in just a moment on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Starting to wrap things up here on Brewers Extra Innings. By the way, Evan telling me that we've got a number of phone calls and tweets and text messages from people trying to figure out how the Brewers have played more games on Mother's Day than Sundays that would exist since their existence. Used to be a lot of doubleheaders, scheduled doubleheaders. So, uh, yeah, there were some Sunday doubleheaders were a pretty common thing back in the day. So that is how uh, that has happened for people who are wondering. The uh, Yeah. Not just because of rainouts would you have doubleheaders. You'd have scheduled doubleheaders, and a lot of those would happen uh, on Sunday. So that's the uh, that's the easy answer to uh, that question for folks who are wondering. Taking a look around the National League Central, Cardinals over the Rockies by a two nothing score. Adam Wainwright throwing into the ninth inning. He gives up just three hits and eight and a third, five strikeouts, three walks as he goes to two and three. Nolan Arenado hitting a home run against his former team. Pirates over the Cubs today by a 6-5 score. Good pitching performance from Tyler Anderson. Eight innings, two runs on four hits, six strikeouts, and just one walk. And then one postponement today in the division as the Reds and Indians were unable to play their game due to rain. They'll make that up coming up on August 9th. Around the Brewers minor league system, AAA Nashville was rained out at Toledo. AA Biloxi, they are currently trailing at Birmingham 4 nothing. bottom of the second. High A Wisconsin losing at home to Beloit 7-2 and low A Carolina knocks off Fayetteville by an 8-5 score. Tomorrow an off day for the Brewers. They get back at it on Tuesday when they open up a series against the Cardinals. Pitching matchup on Tuesday. The Brewers will have right-handed pitcher Freddie Peralta on the mound. 3-1, 3.38 ERA. Cardinals will oppose with left-handed pitcher Kwon Yun Kim. He's 1-0 with a 3.06 ERA. 6.44 the first pitch Tuesday at American Family Field. Coverage at 6.05. And uh, myself and Jerry Augustine will come your way immediately following the game for Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.